0: Welcome back everybody to episode seventeen of Wave the Wheat, the Kansan Sports Podcast. My name is Jackson Reed. Great to have you alongside on this lovely Friday in Lawrence, Kansas. And with me is a KU alumni, almost alumni, um, former writer for the Kansan, from what I've been told. It's um it's now was an Iowa State writer, now is back in Lawrence, Kansas, and you know, I saw I found that out and it took me a while to get back around to it, but it's Michael Swain, and it's awesome to have you back in Lawrence. So how are you doing? I'm doing well.
1: Thanks for having me on.
0: So I wanted to start because we always I always start when I do a KU, someone who went to KU. Where did you live in, like, in, in, a, in your favorite memory while you were here?
1: So let's start with my favorite memory, and then we can uh, go from there. Uh, covering the 2018 Final Four was definitely a highlight um that was my first year covering k basketball Uh, i joined kind of midway through the season and it's actually funny my first game covering kansas was when remy martin went off in allen Fieldhouse and beat kansas so pretty funny that it's come kind of not full circle but you know that he's here now um but yeah covering the final four was an incredible experience um something that you know you check things off on your bucket list right when you start this kind of career and going to a final four and covering one was definitely one of those things and to be able to do it my first season was really cool um I, in hindsight you know maybe you don't get to appreciate it to some degree because um, you don't know what it's like to not go to one but it was such a cool experience in san antonio spending time with some of the other cans and people i was there with um, just getting to experience the whole thing you know there's a good story from it um Charles Barkley. We were all in the media room sitting down and uh, Charles Barkley walks in and it's dead quiet. And first thing he says is, uh, starts talking trash to a journalist that was there and saying that he owes him dinner and blah, blah, blah. And then he kind of looks around and then is like, well, hello everybody. And everyone's like, oh, hello, Charles. Like yeah. it's a, like a media room full of people. So that was a really, really cool experience. Um, as for where I lived, um i was in a fraternity at ku so i lived in a fraternity house as a freshman sophomore and junior and then as a senior i went and lived in a, a house with uh, some of my friends so that was a, a really cool living experience as well
0: nice so what about the final four was like was your favorite part other than the fact that i mean charles barkley said what's up and i mean in a media room like that <laughs> but i mean in a situation like that where how old were you when you got to go to the Final Four? a
1: sophomore junior
0: so I've probably been 20. Okay so yeah sophomore junior in college so what was that experience like for you other than you know fantastic?
1: Yeah Yeah. oh it was great I think for me like getting to experience a new city right and I think for the entire NCAA tournament getting to go to new places right Uh, Wichita was the first round then it was Omaha and then it was San Antonio And I think each stop along the way, you get closer with, I think, some of the Kansan people you work with. Um, I think that was a really cool thing was getting to just spend time. Um, You know, my my school probably suffered a little bit from being in San Antonio there and and being away and, and really trying to pour myself into that. But I think between the interviews you're able to do um, face-to-face, being at a big environment like that where I think you see so many people, right? I think I think back to the day of the Final Four itself, like walking by like Chris Paul in the hallway, like that was pretty cool, like going and seeing what Jim Nance looks like in person. Like there are a lot of cool things that as a, as a young person in kind of sports media, getting to see I think was really cool. And so I don't know if I could pick out You know, one specific moment, I think it's just a collection of a lot of fun memories there between spending time with Kansas people who I still talk to to this day for the most part, um, or even just seeing kind of just big picture people. Um, I think in general, it's just such a cool experience. And um, obviously, if you ever get the chance, I, I would definitely encourage you to do it.
0: Right. That's yeah, like I said. Sounds like an uh, amazing time. So, explain just a little bit what happened after your time here at KU as a student and how you how you wound up back here and what is it about Lawrence that keeps you coming back?
1: Oh man. It's such a interesting story. So, obviously I graduated during the pandemic. So, my final semester in college was June or, you know, spring of 2020. So I was fully prepared mentally, like, all right, we're about to go on this run through March Madness. Um, You know, they're going to go to the Final Four and win the national championship because they were the best team in college basketball, hands down. Without a doubt. And obviously, you know, everything stopped. And, I, man, I still remember driving to Kansas City when I got the text, like, hey, you can turn around. Like, this is shut down. Um, And so after that, I kind of had to think, like, all right, well, I don't get to cover, like, March Madness. I need to find a job like for when I graduate and so my my initial thought was hey I'm gonna do grad school I'm gonna stay working with uh, Scott Chase and at the Kansas 24-7 sports website you know applied to grad school got in at KU did all that um, and was ready to kind of keep doing what I was doing um, and just do it through the pandemic and continue to live in Lawrence and um, I had a job Mm -hmm. working at a restaurant there in downtown Lawrence as well Um, so I was gonna keep kind of doing it all and just kind of enjoying life and then mid-April maybe my boss at 24 seven sports gave me a call and said, Hey, you know, our, our Iowa state person uh, is moving on. Would you be interested in doing this? Um, and the deal was like, Hey, you'll start kind of part-time at the beginning. Um, cause there was a hiring freeze going on and, you know, if you do well, we'll hire you full time. So I spent about a year still living in Lawrence. Um, so from June of 2020 until August of 2021, I lived in Lawrence, still covering Iowa State remotely. Um, I drove up to Ames for football games, but everything was through Zoom. So I was able to kind of do it remotely. I, I kept the the job working at the restaurant there in Lawrence and was kind of doing both of those things. And then in October, got hired full-time by 24-7 Sports, which was really cool. And I'm really fortunate and thankful for that. Um, and then, you know, you kind of, Think about all right it's time to move because at some point right in person press conferences resume and so mm-hmm. you know last summer i was like all right it's probably time to get out of here and, and move on to kind of the next chapter and i moved to des moines iowa uh and within five weeks i got a call that scott was leaving from kansas so here i am i just moved to Iowa, and I am already like, "Oh well, I just got an apartment and everything, and oh, here we go <laughs> we're going to kind of think about moving back, so it was pretty crazy, so it all kind of happened pretty quickly. I saw the football season there in, in Iowa and did all that, and then finally kind of got the chance to come back
0: so it wasn't you know it wasn't a te- very long time at Iowa State, but I'm sure you still had some fun times in your in your stint with Iowa State, so is there a story or a moment that you can recall that was like this is this is the standout one or this is the article that i like the best or this is the story that i covered the best mm-hmm.
1: yeah so i think in terms of moments it's so funny because i go from covering kansas final four my first year to my first year covering iowa state football to go to the big 12 championship game in dallas And getting to go to Jerry World and cover that in person, um, even though Iowa State lost and there weren't really too many fans in the building, I think being able to say that I've covered a Final Four and a Big 12 title game is something that's really cool for me personally. As someone that grew up a sports fan um, and really has kind of a a bucket list of things that I'd, I'd like to kind of see and do during my career. So to be able to do that is probably the biggest thing. Um I wrote some feature stories during my time there at Iowa State. Um one before the Fiesta Bowl it definitely stands out. Um Iowa State had a JUCO wide receiver, Xavier Hutchinson, um, who I wrote kind of a big feature story about, kinda of his journey, transferring to Iowa State, COVID, everything that kind of transpired to him. Uh, being the leading receiver on the team that was the best team in Iowa state history. So that was really cool. Um, but definitely very thankful for my time at Iowa state. I think it it made me better going out of my comfort zone to see a, a different place and how things are done there and how to cover a team by yourself. Um, I think it in general made me a lot
0: better. Okay. So, all right, now let's, let's shift a little bit of gears here. Let's go to current. And so, Obviously, you're covering KU basketball right now. They're sitting at the top of the Big Twelve. There isn't a whole lot they can do to lose the conference, other than lose <laughs> out. But I mean, that you know, where do you where do you see this team? Where does their what's their ceiling? What's their floor? Where where does Michael Sta- Swain stand on this team? And what are your, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think it's an interesting team uh, because when I think about it, right, if you think of the hierarchy of outcomes that can happen in March. If you told me that KU loses in the second round, I wouldn't be super surprised because I can think of a recipe how that happens. You slow down Ochai Abaji, Dan McCormick has a bad game and KU really struggles to score and their defense isn't good enough to keep them in the game. Um, but you could also tell me that KU goes to a Final Four and I would totally believe that because in that realm, Ochai Abaji plays like a National Player of the Year. Christian Brown and Jalen Wilson both play like, you know, kind of all Big 12 caliber players and David McCormick's able to stay on the floor and plus there's still the potential of Remi Martin coming back. So I think for this team Team, it, it's it's so weird because it's one of these teams that has a ceiling of a final four, but just the, the style of play that they play, one bad matchup and you can go home. And so there's a specific way you can play KU right now where, you know, if you have a, a pick and pop big man, you can take advantage of Dave McCormick. And if David McCormick isn't on the floor, you know, KU's not really as good in the paint. And so I think in general, I kind of look at this team as one that has a kind of a variance of outcomes where you could tell me really anything in March Madness. And I would be, you know, I'd be like, all right, that that makes total sense. Where I think in years past, you kind of understood that what this team was like last year, um, you knew that it it was not going to they weren't going to be an elite team. That just wasn't what last year's team was where this year there is a lot
0: more variance to it. There's a lot more variance to it, and I think another there's another <coughs> there's another element to it is this team is they have so many different guys they can plug in, and I want to say they're deep because they are a deep team. But what have you? What is something that you've keyed in when you, when you look at the depth of this team and how important is that? Obviously, rolling into March when you can play a matchup where you play against bad matchups. Like I think, personal opinion, I think Purdue is a bad matchup for us. I think Illinois is a bad matchup for us. I, you know, I, I mean, if it gets to it, I would say Gonzaga is a bad matchup too. And couple that with Kentucky, we saw how that went at the field house. How is this team's depth going to help them out down the line here?
1: Yeah, I think starting at the five position, I think that's where you probably have the most versatility, where you've got kind of your traditional or somewhat traditional big man, right, where post player and Dave McCormick can rebound, obviously one of the best offensive rebounders in the country. Uh, But outside of that, you've got someone like Zach Clements, for example, where you look at what happened against Oklahoma and Tanner Groves in that game, where he kind of spaces the floor and basically they run Dan McCormick off the field or off the court, I should say, because of the way they run those pick and pops and McCormick just can't cover it. And he's not been able to cover it during his KU career. So you put Zach Clements out there who can space it himself on offense, but defensively has the athleticism and the size to be able to guard someone like that on the perimeter. Then if you go up against a smaller five man, who's maybe a little bit more of like a Mark Vital, if, you know, Baylor ever played yep. him at the five in like a small lineup, <laughs> then you can kind of roll with someone like KJ Adams, who super athletic, long arms, um, is a really good on ball defender who can help you out there. So I think that's where the depth really shows through at the forward spot.
0: I think and so. Yeah, you're right. Mm, Go ahead, Keep going. You're, you're totally right. Oh,
1: yeah. I think then you look at the guard spot, and it's it's very interesting how that's changed. And Bill Self talked about it this week when we got to talk to him uh, for the press conferences where, you know, trust has been a big deal, and earning trust has been important. So you look at what's happened with someone like Joseph Yesifu, where he doesn't play a lot early in the season and struggles with maybe learning what Bill Self wants his guards to do. And then kind of Bill Self's hand is kind of forced when Remy Martin misses this period of time where he needs another guard so yes, Fu is the guy he goes with and he slowly but surely kind of earns the trust of Bill Self and I think the same thing with Jalen coleman lands, where at times I covered him at Iowa State last year so I kind of understand who he is as a player where at times he wants to be the number one and he's like, let me go run this pick and roll and create off of it or hey, let me try and create off the dribble and make this happen and it's like, no... Jalen Coleman lands on this team as a spot-up shooter that should stand in the corner or stand on the wing and provide floor spacing. And so I think with the depth, I think Bill Self has slowly but surely uh, gotten more confident maybe in trusting those guys and what they can bring. So I think it'll be interesting to see kind of when we do get into March, when it's a winter go home, is he going to kind of go with those guys or is he going to ride with the horses that he's used for a good chunk of the season?
0: It's, it's something that you know it's something to talk about and especially especially a guy that we you've touched on just a little bit Remy Martin what is what's gone on with Remy Martin and if i mean i'm not sure if you can share this information but what is what exactly do you know about Remy Martin and what is there a timetable for return is there not a timetable for return because i feel like a lot of people who you know, our our casual fans of Kansas basketball that listen to this podcast, they are kind of left in the dark with Remy Martin because sometimes he's in a uniform and sometimes he's practicing and sometimes he's in street clothes. So nobody really knows. But as someone who is, you know, you attend the press conferences and I'm sure that you have just a little bit of inside tracking. Is there is there a timetable for return for Remy Martin? Or are, we kinda, are you left in the dark like us?
1: Oh, no, it seems like things are trending in the right direction. Um, I think that, you know, the whole storyline of it all, I think, makes sense if you if you lay it out pretty simply right so ramey martin has a fall against nevada on december 29th um later on bill self says it's a, a deep bone bruise and so a quick google search of that you'll see it's about a it, it depends on the the severity but kind of a it could be a four to eight week type of injury so you think about four to eight weeks you know more on the eight week side since december 29th that's february 29th that's this week okay And so you look at what happens then after that, where Remy Martin misses that George Mason game because of swelling in the knee. Sure, makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. And then after the Oklahoma State game, we got to talk to him in Stillwater, and Remy Martin said that the doctors did a really good job of putting him in position to be able to play. And he wanted to play. And I think you have to keep in mind, too, that Remy Martin came to Kansas to win. And he's talked about that, that he wants the team's success to come first. So I think he was someone that wanted impact winning and wanted to help the team win. So he tried to play through it. And he tried to play through it and tried to play through it, missed a week. And then try to play through it again. And then finally that Kentucky game happened and man, he did not look right. Like there were a few plays where you look at him trying to push off and it just didn't look good. And he didn't look super athletic. And Bill still talked about it saying that, you know, he's playing on one and a half legs. And I think that that's a, a pretty accurate assessment. So they shut him down and it seems like he's on track to get back. And so we'll see what happens against Baylor on Saturday. Um, I wouldn't be, how did I frame it earlier? Um, I don't expect him to play against Baylor on Saturday. I do expect him to play before the end of the regular season. That's kind of where I'm at with this. Um, I I think that you'll for sure see, uh, not going to guarantee it, but I I expect him to play at some point over the next eight days. And I think that's a big deal for KU to at least get him on the floor, see what he looks like. You don't like, in practice, for example, you see him in practice, that's different than when you got other guys going against him that don't care if they bump into his knee where in practice guys might be ginger around him, right? You know, so it's a different environment. So I do think you'll see him before the end of the regular season. It's just a question of can he earn the trust from Bill Self in that short period of time, and be able to put him out there when it matters.
0: And speaking of fri- er, Friday, that's the day that this comes out, Saturday, Kansas takes on Baylor. And you just published an article about two o'clock today about David McCormick, who re-aggravated the foot against Kansas State. What's the what's the latest on David McCormick? And, you know, it says it said that Bill Self would would can would ponder the idea of resting him um, through the length of the Big 12 tournament. What what's an update with David McCormick right now?
1: Yeah, so with Dave, I think you gotta keep in mind that he had off season surgery last year. So heading into this season he had surgery. And something that has come to the forefront now is that you know, Bill Self and them have tried to manage it. And if you look at the minutes, it's about the same that he played last year during conference play. Um, and so it's something that has kind of bugged him at times. And he's also got a little knee thing that he bumped it against uh Texas, I wanna say. Yeah, Texas. And so that's kind of swollen up to it once or twice. So he's fine. You know, if he he can, he'll be able to play. But it's just a question of kind of when you get into the Big 12 tournament, do you want him playing 30 minutes a game, high 20s minutes a game? Probably not, right? Bill Self said today that the, or Thursday, that the end goal is to have him being as healthy as possible when he gets to March and and March Madness. So for me, it's kind of like, are you going to sit him out for the entire Big 12 tournament? Is it going to be limited minutes? I don't necessarily know. Obviously, KU's going to use him against Baylor on Saturday because they're going to need his size. And then after that, I think they'll use him, kind of get through and clinch the Big 12, and then we'll kind of just see what the minutes look like. And so I I think that's where things are trending with McCormick.
0: Okay. So final question about KU basketball. Do you foresee them to be a one seed? And come March Madness and on Selection Sunday, will there be a one next to KU's name?
1: I do. I do. I think that you look at the Big 12 as a whole – and I think Kay, mm, if K beats Baylor, yes. Yep. If they lose to Baylor, it's a coin flip probably. I think you might have to win the Big 12 tournament uh, to be a one seed if you lose to Baylor. But honestly, who knows? Something I was looking at earlier today is just how condensed kind of that, that top group is right now. And you look at kind of really one through six almost in terms of those seed lines you could convince me outside of Gonzaga really one way or the other with a lot of them. So I do think in the end, I think KU will be a one seed. I think doing what they've done in the big 12 with how good of a conference it is without someone that they planned on building the team with, with Remy Martin, Mm -hmm. I think it speaks to Bill Self's coaching job, but I also think that the committee should respect that and playing um, a really tough schedule and and having success in in the toughest conference in college basketball.
0: You, I mean, you would think they'd be a one seed, but, I mean, obviously there's still a couple games at hand and, you know, there, there's still things that can happen. Um, but we're going to get this wrapped up now. We had, I end my podcast the same way every single time. So it's a college sports venue that you have not been to yet that you would like to go to. It's any sport or, and a professional venue that you have not been to in any sport.
1: Okay professional is easy i'm not i'm a, I'm a warriors fan because i'm from the bay area so i've okay. not been
0: to the new arena uh okay
1: chase center in san francisco i would love to go see a game there um in terms of college i think it's probably two i'd love to go see a game at lsu a yep. football game uh there in baton rouge that'd be really cool um or going to cameron indoor to see a game a duke game there i think getting you know having Allen fieldhouse more or less, is my office for a few months out of the year. Very lucky, and I I think that's really cool. But I think Cameron Indoor, going to see the game there would be awesome.
0: Those are two good answers. And then the last question is, if you could go back and witness any sports moment all time, what would you pick and why?
1: What would I pick and why? Mine just passed, the
0: Miracle on Ice. The anniversary was two days ago. Yeah, two or three days ago. Interesting.
1: I would probably – go back and being there for mario chalmers shot would be cool i didn't really grow up as like a a huge k basketball fan it's something that i kind of developed once i knew i was going to go to college there um that'd be big or maybe going back to watch one of the 49ers super bowls with joe montana that'd be really cool
0: too okay so are you so you're a 49ers fan and a warriors fan
1: i am i'm all about my bay area sports um big time oh that's funny i love it i love the rams
0: hat that's i just good. yes i just showed on my Rams super bowl champions hat for those that don't those that obviously you can't see them you can't see them but yeah that's what happened but again michael thank you very much for coming on man this has been a blast this has been wave the wheat the courtesy of kansan sports be sure to check us out at kansan.com sports the baylor recaps will be available saturday midday probably i'm sure So be sure to go check those out. And as always, take care.